0: Hey everybody, it's Jake and I am alone in the basement. Today starts my marathon run of literally 13 episodes in 13 days. Uh, if you couldn't tell, I'm home because of the COVID-19 scare. Uh, I took a couple weeks off from work just to kind of self-quarantine, keep the family safe. So uh, I reached out on... My personal Facebook page yesterday, looking if anybody might be interested in getting interviewed. Any wrestlers that have downtime, as long as reaching out to a few, and the support was awesome. And uh, I can't believe that I literally got this many. So to start. This week, uh, I'm going to be interviewing the Savage Damon Ravage. Uh, he's a, a guy that is mostly known in Western Massachusetts, as long as the Capital Region of New York. And uh, I'm really excited for this. He's a guy I've known since he was in high school, so this is uh, this is pretty cool for me. So uh, we're gonna get right into it and enjoy the interview. All right, everybody, I'm back with the Savage Damon Ravage. What's up, brother? Hey, how you doing? I'm super pumped to have you here, man. You, I'm really excited. You don't even understand.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, Jake, I don't I don't think you understand, dude. I'm actually really stoked to be on, on here for you. I don't actually get a chance to um, be on podcasts all that often. I never actually really try anyway. Um, but, you know, when I saw you, you were looking to have guests, I was more than happy to throw my name out there uh, to give you some content, especially in a time like this when we can't really even go out of the house unless, you know, otherwise
0: <laughs> directed, right? <laughs>
1: Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, unless you need to, um, but hey, if you know, if we're going to be stuck in the house, we might as well uh, throw on a podcast and have a good time, right?
0: Right now, uh, I was saying in the intro to this episode that I've known you forever. I've literally known you since you were fifteen years old.
1: Yeah, yeah, we've known each other um, almost half my life at this point. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm turning uh, turning thirty this year, so yeah, basically about half my life I've known you. So yeah,
0: which is is crazy to think. Like, how long <laughs> that we, we've been around each other. So. It's
1: it, it seriously, like, it, it feels like uh, a couple of years. And, and <laughs> the, the last, I, su- I swear to you, like, the last eight years have flown by. Like, I, I don't even know where the time goes. Like, I, I I used to hear, you know, old people say, oh, you, you, you know, um, you'll never know where the time goes. Now I actually get it because I'm getting to be that old guy.
0: Right. I totally, I totally relate. I'm like, no, no, that shit ain't going to happen. And I'm like, oh, my fucking God. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck it's just happened? <laughs> Yesterday, my knees worked. I don't know what the fuck happened in the meantime.
1: <laughs> I don't, dude, I don't even want to hear it. Like, I was just laying in bed the other night, and I woke up the next morning, and just, like, half my body was, like, broken. <laughs> and I'm like, get off my lawn.
0: Alright, man. Let's get right into this. Now, I know that you kind of grew up in a family that loved wrestling, but, like, was it a love that was, like, there since, like, you can remember, or is there a time when you, like, remember when it hooked you?
1: So... I, I personally, um, I, I don't know if you actually know this. I've never been like the biggest fan of wrestling. My, it was really like a lot of it was driven by my brother. Uh, cause you know, he's obviously like, he still loves the business and everything like that, but it's, it's never really been my full love. Um, and basically I was kind of just along for the ride. Uh, so like anytime the TV was on when we were living in Stillwater, um, wrestling was on cause like we were in the, the you know, the kid's living room and the parents were off doing, you know, fuck all whatever. Um, But, you know, wrestling was on and that's something he wanted. So I just, you know, watched. Um, I I learned a lot, honestly, just like looking at it from an outsider's point of view, like not as a direct fan, but, you know, like as as somebody who's watching it, like you can actually just learn a lot. Oh, Uh, yeah. But go ahead.
0: Oh, no, I was just totally agreeing with you. Just just the sitting there and just taking it in. There's a lot you can learn that I don't think people understand. There,
1: there's so, there's so much about, like, especially, like, from that time frame, you know, like, the the mid to late 90s. Like, there's just so much storytelling going on with uh, a lot of athleticism and um, psychology. Man, psychology's uh, huge. And honestly, like, at this point in, in the wrestling business itself, it's one of the most underrated things. Because um, you can see, like, uh, you look on the indie scene, and there's a lot of, like, really, really physically, superior talented people but there's actually just like the, the story's not always there.
0: Yeah I feel like that's a big criticism of a lot of wrestling today is that a lot of it might be more focused on catching someone's eye than necessarily telling a story.
1: Which does make sense and I do understand you know it does have its own place and a lot of people do like that it is it is like a, a niche market um, and it is don't get me wrong it's very entertaining to watch but It'll really only sustain, uh, unless it is your exact thing that you're looking for, it'll only sustain the average fan for, you know, so long. Like, how long, you know, until, like, some of the AEW fans started to drop off.
0: Yeah, yeah I'm in agree with you, because, I mean, they started out hot. I mean, the numbers are still better than I thought they would be for AEW.
1: They're still there, don't yeah. get me wrong, but, like... Like, uh, I definitely like, I've, I've had this discussion. I'm, I'm still like, I, I still will back AEW just because like, I really like what they're doing. Um, but a lot of people are, are saying that the reason they wanted to watch AEW was because it it was something that was going to be different. But a lot of the, a lot of the things are just sort of rehashed from, you know, like it, it's more or less the same thing that you, you could be watching in like a smaller time slot, basically.
0: Yeah, I can get you that. And I mean, I know I'm probably going to catch a ton of heat for even saying this, so it's slightly stupid, but I've been critical of Dusty's booking most of my life, which you've heard me rant about, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. But, I I mean, (laughs) it's his kids. At some point, he was, like, known for recycling a lot of stuff. If that's the learning tree you're under, then that's what's going to happen.
1: So, like I, I actually look at it from a little bit of a different standpoint i I like the idea of rehashing, and that that sounds nuts, um, but I, I like the idea because it 's actually like building stepping stones to expand on something more and something different than what 's actually going on today it gives It gives you that window of opportunity
0: that 's actually a really good way of putting it that I never thought about. <laughs> <laughs> See, you, you got me
1: thinking. Always got to keep that mind moving, baby. That's right. What's
0: that? I was just totally agreeing with you. So, um, you you're, you started out in the yard, like a, like a ton of us did. Uh,
1: everyone does. Oh yeah, man.
0: Yeah. We yarded together. That's how we met. And uh, yeah. was that we
1: were the greatest tag team that ever actually happened?
0: Uh, it, it's still gonna happen. Uh, I it'll be mostly okay. it'll be mostly handicap matches where I'm just the mouthpiece, but I'm fine with that. <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> but like
1: oh man i can't wait to hear you fucking shit talking people from the apron
0: oh it'd be the greatest thing ever and then i never actually tag in and the fucking the 70 year old guy who's Perfect. it's it's still real to him damn it is gonna be so pissed on the fucking outside that i never tagged in <laughs> <laughs> what about that guy <laughs> fuck you you old motherfucker. Oh.
1: But since you, you're like, hey, hey asshole, why don't you fucking jump in here, huh? Right? You wanna get in with me? Fucking you, you want to talk shit about my boy on the apron.
0: So since you kinda like you were saying you kinda like got grouped along with it with your brother, so was that was the yarding thing just like another part of that? Just like, oh, fuck it, I'm bored as shit.
1: That was literally it. Like <laughs> I, I didn't have, this is going to sound kind of lame. I didn't have like a lot of friends growing up because like I moved from Stillwater to Clifton park. Um, while I was, uh, when I was like eight. So like, I didn't get to know a lot of people until a little bit later in my life. Anyway, I was really kind of sheltered. Um, so yeah, I was, I was really around my brother for a lot of it. And I literally like, I just got roped in one day. He was like, all right, we're going to go wrestle. And I'm like, what? So like all of a sudden we're, we're trucked off to Amsterdam. Uh, with uh it was me, and my brother and uh good old Evan Jones, uh the ghetto flabulous. <laughs> and uh that was the uh worst thing that's ever happened to me because that was like really, really bad. And we don't talk about those days. <laughs> <laughs> I got better.
0: Oh yeah, you you totally got better, man. I literally remember when you wouldn't when you were just starting and that was now for some of these people listening, they might not understand like when we were yarding it was literally on the yard. I think I was, like, one of the first people to bring pads there. And it was just this shitty, super thin foam fucking shit. And those those bumps were hard. That yeah, it was bad. And yeah, it was. It was awful. But it's a weird learning point. And, like, is that where... Like, at what point did you decide, okay, I, I'm having fun, but I want this to be a bigger deal? Actually, I should have asked something before. Because of, of your brother, you got a lot of, like, cool opportunities that, I mean, I also got to do, too. When I remember him mentioning me, hey, uh, I do ring crew for IWS in Montreal. Do you want to tag along one time? And I said, sure. And lo and behold, the first time I went was your first time you went.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was offense uh, un- un- sanctioned 2006, right? It was. W- yeah, that was um oh that was actually oh fucking A. That was that was a hell of a show. That was when they had Sabu for his last indie showing before he went to the WWE.
0: Yeah, and I'll I'll never forget us doing like the whole setup and then like they, they were like, Okay, you you're good, and then we're like, Oh, how are we gonna watch the show? And they just kind of shoved two chairs up front and go, There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and then remember something I ain't complaining, dude. And I'll never forget the WWE scout behind us getting pissed that we were in his point of view and tried to, like, shove us down. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fuck him. Although now... Oh, in re- in Do you remember when, uh, fucking... Go
0: ahead. Uh, I was just thinking, now in retrospect, I wonder if he was there to, like, make sure Sabu didn't die.
1: <laughs> oh, man, that actually might be the case. <laughs> uh, <sighs> Do you remember 15-year-old Evan shopping Tomasino? harder than, like, fucking anybody else did?
0: Yes, I do. So, for,
1: for those of you that are listening, uh, to, Tomasino is this hulking, giant motherfucker. And uh, I think it was Sexy Eddie grabbed him from behind and told the fans to, like, chop him. But the thing about Tomasino is he's he was actually known uh, to, actu- to, to beat up fans. Like, there's video footage of him throwing fans across the fucking, like, and, and they weren't like plant or anything like they were drunks and stuff like that because iws was nuts like back in like 2005 2006 like they just went fucking full bore and like the, this this giant fucking bastard like oh man i was i was lucky he didn't get the shit out of me
0: <laughs> i remember being terrified you, you and you're just like fuck it i'm going it <laughs> yeah
1: Oh man. Yeah. I'm a fucking nutcase, but that's fine. Um, but yeah, dude, IWS. Oh my God. All right. So I actually, uh, I got another story. Uh, I kind of want to talk about with IWS. So there was a time, uh, this was at bogey's world, uh, which was, uh, it was a bar, which, uh, the way, the way Canada works is like you need to be 18 years of age to even be in the bar, uh, at all. I was, uh, 16, but I was, you know, working ring crew. Um, and, uh, the cops had this really bad habit of, you know, coming in and basically kicking anybody out that wasn't of age. You know, makes sense whatever. Uh so I don't remember what show it was. I know it was like summertime. It was, and like
0: It was one of the last ones I went to. I'm trying to remember. It was I think it was was it the one with the Canadian title tournament?
1: I think it might have been hardcore heat which uh the main event was Viking versus Steen. Okay. I think it might have been, but I could be wrong. Uh, But anyways, so like as soon as the final bell rings, cops storm the bar (laughs) and fucking like uh, one of the security guys grabs me and goes, we got to get you out now. So all of a sudden, like we're hurled out fucking with Shane Hawk, who was uh, 17 at the time and was working the show. He was actually like he was uh, pretty green, but he was still like a real fucking talented dude. And, like, all of a sudden we're just wandering down the road towards fucking McDonald's in Montreal where, like, the only person that actually speaks English next to me is Shane Hawk. And I'm like, I don't speak French.
0: Oh, that was such a trouble for us. So yeah. bad. But in I... am <laughs> But I totally remember, like, th- seeing the cops and going, well, fuck. <laughs> and then I, I'm, like, yeah. turning around and then I realize you're not there anymore. <laughs> And I'm like, well, double fuck. (laughs) What's going on?
1: I I think it was Mikey that was like, we need to get you out. (laughs) We need to get you out. Come with me if you want to leave. (laughs) Like, that's basically how it went.
0: Oh, yeah. I just, I was like, oh, oh, this ain't good. (laughs) (laughs) That was, uh that that might be one of uh... of my favorite nights of wrestling because that was the night where we got to hang out with Steen, who is now better known as Kevin Owens of the WWE. And <laughs> I Absolutely. said to him, "I said, to him, you know, I thought you'd be a lot meaner. I, I expected you to, like, ran on me for no reason. And then he offered. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll never forget telling him telling <laughs> an 18-year-old me that I had a... Oh, I, don't, I don't remember the whole rant, but I will always remember the ending of And You Have a Gay-Ass Mustache, despite the fact I had a full yeah, beard.
1: I, so. <laughs> I had a gay-ass mustache. What I recall, it, it, could be, it could be wrong, but I definitely recall, he goes, who do you think you're talking to? Fuck you, dude, and your gay-ass mustache, was basically what he said. All right, that was – <laughs> And then we went and got McDonald's with him. It was great. Yeah.
0: Was that the time our, the, the, we got the flat tire, too? Or was that a separate time?
1: I think that was a separate time.
0: But I'll never forget Viking walking there past were so us. There so
1: many good
0: trips. To- oh, there was. But Viking walking past and going, you have, how do you say, flat tire? And I, I was like, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, cool. It's and you were true. like, not cool. <laughs> but I think he was just impressed at how, how shit-faced he was, that he knew how to say stuff in, in English he had no idea how to say. <laughs>
1: Literally that dude only ever spoke English when he was fucking drunk. He could not speak English when he was sober. For some reason. Yeah, literally I don't know how the fuck that worked.
0: I remember one time trying to buy a shirt off of him at the beginning of a show, despite the fact that like we kind of knew each other at this point, and he's like having the hardest time communicating with me. At the end of the show he's fucking wasted and having a conversation. I just I never got it. (laughs) (laughs) Never.
1: Oh man.
0: So was, was I, oh, he was the great, I I still have no idea what happened to him. (laughs) That's fair. So was, was IWS like the catalyst of, you know what, I think I want to do this.
1: Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that it was IWS that made me want to do this. IWS definitely kind of lit a fire under my ass for that. Um, which kind of led to me going to the the rlsw and shit like that, you know, but that and then from there after that uh literally this is going to this is going to sound crazy. Uh, you know how I told you my brother sort of dragged me into the yard thing. He he sort of dragged me into the NDC as well like his fucking my 18th birthday and he's like, "All right, your birthday present we're getting you a first month of fucking pro wrestling training." And I'm like, "Oh, all right. I guess this is going to be the thing now." So and I've just literally been fucking coasting ever since. Like I've just just never stopped. So so like it.
0: so pretty much I was my, my next question was was it helpful having uh, an older sibling in the business already? But it's kind of like you didn't have a fucking choice.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of how it went. <laughs> Um, but I obviously I don't regret anything because like I've, I've had a fucking a trip the entire time like a lot of really good people um some not so good people we're not we're not really going to focus on that because you know yeah bad yeah. business is bad um but basically like what happened is uh so he paid my first month's training up at the do or die academy and um it was hudson or hudson falls or one or the other and uh first month great second month the fucking school closed so that was out, so then i had i i have literally gone through like three different schools um i i, I went to the i y f academy down in caho slash troy and then I, I ended up going back into a school that was in the same building as the Do or die Academy, which was kind of interesting um, but eventually you know uh i I just sort of coasted along and uh so you you kind of mentioned uh having the brother, uh, would be helpful. Yeah. Uh, he's honestly, he's gotten me probably about 70% of the work, uh, that I've done, um, in the Indies. Like he, he got me into the IYF. He got me into SAW, uh, CPW, um, quite a few promotions. Um, not today. I haven't done my own homework here. I've, I've, I've gotten around a bit by myself, like for promotions that he hasn't worked, but I have. Um, but yeah, he's, He's been great, uh, especially you know now that he's running his own promotion in Massachusetts. Like he, I'm I'm on there uh, basically every show. Uh, I did take a couple of months off, but you know, so be it.
0: I feel like it happens to everybody at some point. You got to take some time for yourself.
1: Yeah, I I, I definitely got burned out uh, after a while, and I I was I was definitely like you know questioning myself whether or not I wanted to continue, and then like. I think it was a month and a half into my time off. I was like, all right, I know how I'm coming back. It's going to be great. (laughs) And then we, uh, like me and my brother just sort of workshopped it for about four months. And then we finally, uh, we we got everything all in place to do it.
0: Now, when you were first starting out in the indies, was there other people who were super helpful besides your brother?
1: hundred percent. So I could not say enough good things about this guy that i'm going to talk to you about his name uh was mark laroche uh he was uh, one of the promoters up in vermont he gave me my my real start um as, as a wrestler like i had my first show in in 2009 it was in june of 2009 uh wrestling uh in hudson falls and as eric scott the only match i've ever wrestled as eric scott um on the indie scene uh it was me and my brother against uh capital punishment which is uh i don't know if you know fox veneer and um uh rob coleman uh i don't was, uh, my first match in their second match
0: i, I know fox or i should say i inf- infamously have heard plenty of stories about fox mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: I'm not I'm not gonna talk bad about him. Like uh we we, we got into a bit of a spat um, I think about a week or two ago, but like I'm I don't really I don't really care to dwell up drama or anything like no,
0: that. No, man, and and you said at the um, end that you know, it's not like he's ever been bad to you. It's just people yeah. it's a business where you're gonna butt heads. And shit happens.
1: <laughs> yeah, i I have no ill will towards him. He might have ill will towards me. I don't really care. Uh that's his prerogative, you know, and that that's really it. And my, my whole post about that was I I didn't want people to just sort of it, turn it into a whole big shit fest because that's that's what people tend to do. Is uh, if one person starts hating on, it and all of a sudden, like it's it just it's like a fucking domino effect. If somebody doesn't like them, but finds a window to talk shit about them, they'll do that. And I didn't want someone to use me as an excuse to do it. If they have a problem with him, they should have no problem with saying it by themselves.
0: Yeah, I'm totally in agreement.
1: Um, so that's that's you know that that's really all I kind I, I kind of care to talk about that, uh, but I'll get back to so uh, Mark Laroche uh, he was uh, the northern stud he was uh, the promoter of Slam All Star Wrestling with uh, the Bull, um, and Mark he kind of took a chance on me he didn't really have to like uh, he threw me in a battle royal and after that like he put me in a handicap match where I got squashed by Big Vigo. and then <laughs> like from there he he just used me show after show after show and like his the third show he had me wrestle with uh steve cullen who um he's uh the late steve cullen he was uh the promoter or not the promoter but he, he ran the uh school in hkwa up in um uh the hudson falls that took over after the do or die academy closed down uh it was me and him against the two promoters uh and mark liked me like he, he said you know you're fine everything you're doing is right um a little bit of sprucing up could be done but yeah, it's all going to come with experience kid and like uh, he's excuse me, show after show after show, uh, he gave me my first championship, you know, and he, he, he treated me real well, um, nothing but love and respect for Mark, uh, he was a great guy, and he didn't have to take a chance on me, but he did, and I, I couldn't thank him enough for that.
0: I had no idea that Northern Stud ran that promotion, like, I'm a little like,
1: wow, no, slam all-star wrestling.
0: Wow, I never knew that. That's yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> I, I always thought he was a guy who, uh, it's a, how, how do I put this in a polite way? <laughs> like, you could see similarities between him and Scott Norton, and he ran that yeah. in an awesome way. Like, he was a guy who, around Gosh. here, may not have gotten the credit he deserved. Because I feel like he was a solid mid-card dude who could work even bigger matches and was re- and really got tags.
1: He was yeah. He was very crisp, dude. Like yeah. everything, everything he did was always on point. I just think the 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 main thing that held him back was uh, he he wrestles an old school style, and honestly, you're not you're not going to get and that that's actually my thing too. Like wrestle more of an old school style as well, um, but you're not going to get seen in in a higher light if you, if you're doing that.
0: For the most part, I feel like there's certain. If it's, like, a part of your gimmick, in a sense, you might be able to to use it to your advantage. But it's hard. Only a few people break through that way. Yeah. But, yeah, man, I remember seeing a lot of his stuff and always feeling like... I feel like that's a that's a big, almost, curse of people around where we're from or, like, the smaller promotions where we're from. It's almost a curse in which... Like, you're a big part of the indies around here that you wrestle for, but since it's almost such a closed bubble, it's hard to bust out of that.
1: Um, yes and no. It really all depends on how much drive you actually have. If you're willing to go ahead and put forth the effort to get your name out there, contact all the promotions, uh, do the drives, you know, as says Uncle Bob would call it. Um... (laughs) that's that's really the only way that you're ever going to get an actual thing going you know um you you need to be able to have that mentality that you want to go out there you want to contact everybody and you want to get your work you'll show up you'll do ring crew you don't get booked cool you'll be there next show until you get booked you know like that's that's it, one of those things that you got to do like my brother's uh, students they they do stuff like that you know especially um uh Danny Adam he he's actually a prime example of that he he <laughs> That's one of your he's brothers gotten, guys probably more than I have at this point. Yeah, yeah, he's one of my brother's students.
0: Oh shit.
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, so is uh so this Guy Sedlowski. he he's another one of my brother's students. Um he he's I could I, I couldn't say enough good things about Guy Sedlowski. Like that kid is such a sweetheart <laughs> and he'll take a beating and you know, he's He's always happy I've, I've never seen that dude in an actual bad mood to my knowledge anyway but he he's he's always he's always fun that's, um, there's
0: that's a good person to have
1: he's also got the Dylan Street Boys those guys are fucking characters man
0: <laughs> he yeah I honestly didn't know how many dudes were your brothers apparently
1: shit. Uh, my brother's got he he's had like ten students graduate I think.
0: Wow!
1: Fuck. Yeah, he, he's got go? Um <laughs> Yeah, well, it, it's a little unfortunate that the schools, you know, closed now. But uh, yeah, he's he's putting a lot of work out, or you know, he, he <laughs> before before he hung him up, he managed to graduate just about all of them.
0: Hey, that's, uh, that's, which, that's which an which impressive nice. thing. <laughs> to be honest with well, how we know schools have worked, <laughs> or how the yeah, people yeah. the people who go into the schools are, you know. It's it's one of those things. Everybody thinks they can be a wrestler until you step between the ropes and get fucking stretched and beat on as your introduction course.
1: <laughs> yeah, that which which is a really rich is really bad mindset uh, to have. You should never do that to your stu- students. Oh, no, I'm agree. Um, and uh, I, I will say I'm not I'm not going to name names or anything, but there were definitely at least one or two schools in our area that did that constantly, and it's. It's like you were saying... It's how you start out getting a bad name.
0: Yeah, and but I think it's part of it's like like you said earlier. Oh, not really said it, but I guess that's kind of paraphrasing. Like, with certain people having old-school mindsets or thoughts, I mean, because for, you know, forever, back in the day when the territories were so guarded, that's how it started. Oh, you go in, you beat somebody up, and you see if they keep coming until you can trust them. And t- in today's Which... world, that doesn't really fit. <laughs>
1: No, no, it's actually really bad. Uh, That's how you get people that could become the next big stars to quit. Like, if you don't even give them a chance to learn before you start beating the shit out of them, and they just decide, well, you know what, this isn't for me, you've actually ruined any chance they ever had before they ever got the chance, you know?
0: I I agree with you, man, because I know plenty of people who want to do it, and then they're like, nah, nah, this, this isn't what I signed up for. And you're like... They were a really athletic person. I wonder what they could have done.
1: Absolutely. Like, and, and you hate to see it too, because I've, I've seen it happen to people that I, th- I, you know, I told them, <laughs> actually somebody, I, I literally got to go to class and they're like, no, this isn't for me. And, and it sucks. Like, cause it, exactly like there's, there's so much promise that you see inside someone and then, then that happens, and it just fucking honestly, it's draining, and it it sucks to see. Like, ugh. yeah, man. Sorry, yeah, we we got onto a bit of a negative
0: topic there. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's okay. We'll get back to this one. So, uh, obviously, you've talked about your brother a lot. So, there's, and I'm sorry, we will get to you directly, you. But I feel like a big part of your ru- care. of your run was teaming with him as the Savage Wolves. Mm-hmm. And if, if we haven't even mentioned it yet, uh, Damon Ravage's brother, if you don't know, is CJ Scott, uh, a guy I've also known as long as I've known you. And uh, today, uh, we set something up. I think this is funny. So now I'm doing 13 interviews in 13 days, and it starts with you and ends with your brother.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Right? That'll be fun.
0: Dude, I'm, like, literally half the people... Is it half? I mean, you can't really have 13. Either way, most of them, like, work <laughs> with you and your brother. And I'm like, fuck, I didn't even recognize this until it was all set up.
1: <laughs> That's pretty cool. Like, uh, I it's, it's all about the area, too. Like... uh I, dude, I saw on your list you got Macabe. That's that's gonna be a good
0: one, man. Oh yeah, man. I've I've had I, that one. I, I like Dan Makabe. S- I've had that one set up for a while because uh, what I was initially doing for all of this month was trying to build stuff up to talk about the collective, and I was mm-hmm. looking forward to him being the last one because uh, at the, oh, the last show, uh, Warhorse and Danhausen show the WrestleMania, he was gonna wrestle yeah. Nick Gage. And, wow, I, and I was really? like, oh fuck, here's the big one. I thought like after that that might be like a big breakout moment for him. And I feel super bad that they had to postpone everything. And I hope he's still able to yeah. make it when they bring it back. But yeah, I I love Makabe. And actually, everyone I've talked to so far has talked about how great he is. So I think it's crazy that you brought it up <laughs> Just really because he's really, so talented. Everybody says how how much they love him.
1: <laughs> yeah, like <it's- laughs> it's it's so crazy to think that you know i don't know where i'm going with that that's my life man
0: it's okay <laughs> uh
1: someone he's literally like you just watch his stuff and like he's so crisp and like he tells a great story you know it's it's fantastic
0: yeah, he's he's always been someone who has had i feel like every match he's always treated with its own specific now i'm fucking losing right <laughs> when he's going to do a See, match... I have that effect on people. you. You do. When he's going to do a match, like, he puts his entire mind into that match. There is no throwaways in his mind, ever. Which I feel That's like... Such
1: a good mindset to have.
0: Yeah, and I feel like there are plenty of people who are just like, you know, peek out the curtain. Oh, fuck, ain't nobody here. I, I ain't really going balls out tonight. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. I, I hope you don't, but... <laughs>
1: Oh, no. So that's my secret. I never go balls
0: out. <laughs> you don't go the dynamite kid route so that you can walk you in 10 years? Me, dude, I'm not, I'm not
1: 180 pounds anymore. Get the fuck out of here. Like,
0: I know. Remember when we were I can't skinny?
1: I athletic things.
0: <laughs> oh, hey, at least you still fit in a singlet. I, I don't, man. That's true. You put me in a singlet. <laughs> I look like a melted candle. It's not a good look. I'm actually in the
1: process ordering some custom gear right now. Oh,
0: now there we go. That's a fucking topic.
1: Yeah, that, that's your exclusive, my man. <laughs> oh! But, uh, uh, yeah. you I know? got the design finished this afternoon.
0: That's awesome. I can't wait to see it now. Is it still a singlet?
1: I'll send a picture. Oh. Yeah, I, I'm still using a singlet. Okay. What, are you kidding me? This fucking muffin top wearing bikers? Get the fuck out of here.
0: No, I feel like not enough people use the fucking singlet. <laughs>
1: You'd be surprised. You
0: should watch a lot of the indies stuff. I do <laughs> like, watch a least... lot. I do watch uh, a ton yeah. of indies. I'm a diehard subscriber to IWTV. but I don't know. I feel like as usual. I, I I mean, I'm glad that we've we've evolved from the mid 2000s pleather pants era, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. To to me, I'll always.
1: What if I was also ordering pleather pants.
0: <laughs> hey, man. Uh, Wade from the I'm kidding, from, I'm kidding. from the stepdads rocks those fucking pleather shorts and it fucking works
1: <laughs> I I love I love the stepdads so much uh, they're, uh, they're such good people
0: I can't wait to talk to them too he's, but yeah he's one of those dudes where you go ahead man
1: no no I apologize
0: oh, but he's one of those dudes where I see the pleather and I'm like you know what that works there's some people where it just don't work but that works <laughs> But that whole yeah, that whole gimmick's absolutely. fucking great.
1: <laughs> Those kids are doing all the right things. And it is just a matter of time until they get something real big. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I love both of them to death. Like, they're, they're su- such close friends of mine, too. Like, I'm so fucking... Dude, let me tell you how many times I had to push my brother to get the stepdads to come in. Really? So, uh, the first TIW show, yeah. Yeah, Uh the first TIW show, I, I at least convinced my brother to bring Insanely Root in, so that was great. Uh He got them in before they were even really, like, big, you know, like, they hadn't been to any W or anything like that, they were just two real fucking scrawny kids, they never worked <laughs> out. Like, it was like their first or second year, like, they were green as goose shit. And uh they came in, so that was great. I would also pushed the stepdads to come in, He's like, well, I've never heard of him. I didn't realize you heard of Insanely Root either, like, but... <laughs> So, so they didn't they didn't come in uh, on the first Tiw show. Uh, Then it was probably like oh so for the second Tiw show he was having this tag uh, this four way tag match, and I was like all right great you can have the stepdads come in. He's like well we've already got all four teams and I'm like motherfucker. So like that was all set. Um, And then it was I think it was the sixth month. Like I was like all right you're gonna you're you announced this fucking tag tournament. If you don't bring the stepdads in I'm gonna kick you in your fucking teeth. And he's like. Okay, let's bring the stepdads in. So uh, the stepdads, uh, like, he, you know, he goes ahead and he's like, how would you feel if we had this team, their first matches in this tournament, and they make it all the way to the finals? And I was like, fucking love it. So stepdads, they, they make it all the way to the finals, you know, of, of this tournament. Uh, they lose to the street, you know, lose to Terrell and uh, Angel Cross. Um, but they solidified themselves, like, after that, like, uh, their, their first match wasn't that great, and I'll explain to you off off recording uh, why.
0: Um, hey, man, not all of them are winners.
1: But, uh, oh, no, of course not. Um, you could actually probably even ask the stepdads. They'd be more than happy to tell you why that match was so bad. But um, literally, the second match uh, they had was with Insanely Rude, and my brother was all in at that point like he's like these guys are fucking hilarious they're really solid and they have a fucking way to tell a story so like they were all you know they're, they're a perfect fit for tiw because tiw has never been a spot fest company it's always been about gimmicks and you know story and stuff like that and he's like this is just such a perfect fit so it just managed to work that way and i i was just so glad like i he should just listen to me more about bringing people in because like, I've got a conga line of motherfuckers that I just want to bring into TIW. But you know, it, it's, it's not my company and I really have no actual stake in whether or not,
0: you well, know, we'll, people come we'll in, get to that. Just... Cause cause at the end I want to know some dream opponents and then we're just going to fucking tie your brother up huh. and just fuck him up until he agrees. <laughs>
1: fucking yakuza kick him until he's like all right we're bringing him in hey hey no, you'd uh, be I'm actually- surprised
0: i can still like lift my leg pretty good i stretch one i stretch one leg because you never know when you're gonna need to use
1: it <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny that you mentioned in the, the dream opponents thing too because uh so when i made that announcement that i wasn't going to be retiring uh, I also said I, I, I had a Cody list, you know, you remember those tacky ass fucking Cody lists when Cody Rhodes left the WWE, he had a list yeah. of things that he wanted to do before he hung him up. I actually have a list just like that. And I figured it had been just long enough that everyone had forgotten about it, that it was time for me to do one. So okay. I do, I do actually have one and I'm more than happy to go over that. Uh, some of the list, I'm not going to go over it all. Oh no, you can't, but you can't I'll, I'll go over it all. some of the list for you here. Oh no, no! You, you ain't getting the whole pie, motherfucker.
0: No, no, I don't want it all, man. It. You you got to keep people coming back for more. But absolutely, teaming with your brother. Whose idea was that initially?
1: <laughs> was that another <laughs> That's a good question? Was so, that another um,
0: thing where he's like, "Listen,
1: motherfucker, <laughs> come on." <laughs> no. So like like I kind of mentioned it earlier, but my my very first match as a professional wrestler was uh, a tag teaming with my brother. It was the Scott Brothers against Capital Punishment. That was booked by uh, Pierre Vachon. Uh, he was he was uh, running the actual show um, that I had that match on, and it was literally it was just a, a fucking one time spot show. It was really never going to happen again. Um, but so he he went ahead and did that, and uh, after I obviously i was not a fan of of the the eric scott name so i did end up changing it to uh something i I, f- I felt was a bit more fitting um after a while um because after you know after i did the whole eric scott thing for for the one match all of a sudden i was in a mass gimmick in saw that's what i was doing i was uh, cyanide um because i was also a referee for the promotion as well so i, I couldn't you know couldn't just also oh, know i'm a referee and now i'm a wrestler you know like so they, they threw me on a in a fucking hood and uh oh, I'm, I'm getting sidetracked you asked me a different question it's okay uh,
0: man it's okay you, uh, you're, so, you're laying the ground story man you where you came from
1: that's oh, fair enough so uh after that uh, I, th- I believe it was scott groverston uh from Iowa or you, you might know him better as max burton uh he was he was the promoter for in your face at the time and he came up with this almost kind of like a, an invasion angle uh for the, the savage wolves like we were not employed by the company my brother had been since day one uh at IYF, but all of a sudden he was quote unquote released of his contract and he was gone for a couple of months. And then, uh, me and him just showed up from the front door and just beat the hell out of whoever was in the ring. And then we left out the front door again. Uh, we did that for like two or three shows and then, uh, we got pitted against, uh, I think it was team RPG or something like that. Uh, and and it just sort of, you know, went from there. Uh, (laughs) I think we, we wrestled capital punishment again at some point at a, in a different company, but like, it just like literally like everything else in my, my career, it just sort of happened. Like it's, it's not like anybody had any sort of grand idea about it. It's just sort of like, uh, and you, you know, CJ Scott and CJ Scott's brother, you know, that's, it's it's just sort of like, here you go. One of
0: those things where there's um, an implied chemistry because you're related
1: yeah. And, and there definitely, there definitely was a chemistry, um, at first. I think I stopped feeling it a little bit later on, but I think that's because like I'd already put on about 45 pounds. So I was already wrestling more like him. So I, I, I felt like the dynamic of like big guy, little guy had gone away. Um, so it just, it wasn't going to be as, as impactful as it was, uh, when we were first, you know, going through, uh, the run with the Savage Wolves.
0: I feel like that's that's a fair thing to think though if if there's that much change that happened over time.
1: Yeah. Cuz after um so after we did the whole tag team run with IYF, like uh we were we were still not employed but like so Max Burton ended up putting me in a surprise face turn uh because um he, he pitted us against one another to win a contract. And then my brother just sort of fucking dumped me on my head and beat the hell out of me for about (laughs) eight minutes and then won. So all of a sudden I was the lone invader beating the shit out of him every show. (laughs) Like I just sort of show up with a fucking ticket and sit in the front row or like uh, there was the one time I just sort of walked in like while he was just laying on the apron during an admission and just beat the fuck out of him. (laughs) Um, And that led into like a three stages of hell match, you know, a lot, a lot of history, you know, with me and Wolf a lot. He he probably is the only person I'd say that knows me as a wrestler better than anybody. Or should, anyway. Who who the fuck knows, right? Yeah,
0: he's been dragging you around since you were a fucking teenager.
1: (laughs) Yeah. All right, man. That's definitely a statement.
0: (laughs) Uh, We're just. I'm going to keep you on the phone, obviously, but I use Anchor and it fucking cuts you off after 45 minutes. I mean, I still love you because you guys give me, you know, free advertising money. But. (laughs) I'm gonna, Woo. I'm gonna pause this and then start a part two. So, we'll, we'll be literally yeah, right. You got it. Go go
1: right ahead.
0: Yeah, actually, I don't even know why I'm saying this because it's not. They're just gonna listen to us banter about this shit and then it's immediately gonna go right back into it. So, all right. Oh, uh, um, yeah,
1: going right back into it. <laughs> we'll be
0: back. Okay, uh, that was a super quick transition back. So, super quick. Uh, so after uh, you left, you know, uh, IY. Wow, I don't know why those initials would not come out of my mouth easy.
1: IYFW.
0: Yeah, I don't know why that, like, it just, it wasn't coming smooth that time. After you guys... I
1: mean, it's it's, weird initials, you know?
0: (laughs) When you, after you guys left, I mean, you then went on to start TIW. Now, how hard was that to, like, get off the ground? But yet, like, how awesome was it at the same time? (laughs)
1: So I've actually got a funny story for you that I, I don't I don't know if you know. So um, after I, I we did do about a six month stint in Dynasty, I remember that. Um, it was after yeah, so it was it was like right after the stint in Dynasty um, that we had come to terms that <laughs> the local promotions weren't really cutting it for us, so uh, we just sort of made our own. Uh, we managed to do it on about three months notice uh there's a lot of work a lot of groundwork you know um on behalf of lance madewell which is my brother's business partner um as well as you know my brother uh, Lan- lance, uh living in Pittsfield. you know uh we were running in this church uh it was ideal for him to do all the, the all the groundwork you know posters flyers uh radio commercials shit like that um as well as uh, Benjamin Blackwell, he was our uh, our design guy. Uh, he did the posters and um, and so on and so forth like that. Uh, it was mainly like in terms of in terms of people who were doing things for the company. It was really just the four of us and uh, CJ, um, not CJ, CJ Brelsford. Uh, uh, he was a, he was a referee. Uh, he was our referee, but he was a local guy who actually did a lot of groundwork as well. Um, we were the, we were the, the driving force, uh, behind TIW. um, a lot of me was moral support though, so I guess I, I really can't say that I was a driving force, but like I, I showed up for Ring Crew, I, I moved everything, you know. I was, I was real company man for the first at least six months. um, where, you know, I was there, it, the day before, even like, uh, we'd set up on, on the Friday and then we'd go back home and then we'd come back on Saturday and then we'd unpack and take it, you know, home, uh, for the next day to uh, be unloaded into my brother's basement. Uh, so shout out to my brother's basin uh, for you. Is it a creepy Uh, basement, but it's, it's pretty creepy. Uh, there are definitely large spiders. Um, that uh and i so i when i do say large spiders i don't want you to think i'm the kind of guy who's afraid of spiders so any spiders a large spider no there's there's like fucking wolf spiders in that basement well that's a big ass spider there's some big boys yeah i'm a Um, connoisseur of creepy
0: basements
1: so like and we we, (laughs) you're a connoisseur
0: (laughs) of creepy basements (laughs) i'm currently in one
1: (laughs) yeah that's fine (laughs) um But anyways, yeah, to sort of take it back, uh, leading up to the the time we left uh, IYF, uh, (laughs) funny story. uh, I was going into the last show uh, that I I wrestled for them. I was actually still their mid-card champion. Uh, And uh, so (laughs) another name uh, that I've already said multiple times, uh, it was was a three-way with uh, myself, Fox Vineyard. And um, it's one of the guys, he was on Impact i'm having a little trouble remembering his name uh jesse neal it was originally supposed to be marty janetti go figure and like (laughs) so the fun thing is yeah exactly marty fucking janetti
0: are you friends with him on facebook
1: absolutely not
0: oh dude i am and the shit he posts
1: he's a nut oh my god he's nuts Yeah. So get this fucking – so Fox Vineyard, uh he paid for Marty Jannetty's fee. Uh, Marty Jannetty obviously didn't show. He, he let him know the day before that he wasn't coming and still hasn't paid Fox Vineyard his money back.
0: <laughs> oh, he'll never see it.
1: To this day. <laughs> oh, he's never going to see it, yeah. So uh, let, me, let me pull up the dude's name. Uh, but it ended up being –
0: why do I feel like, like it's Jesse Neal? Guy. Oh, oh, the redneck guy. He's, he's there again. Je- oh, if it's Yeah, the- yeah.
1: He's there right now.
0: Oh, he's teaming with Jake something.
1: Fuck. Oh.
0: Uh, it was with ODB. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> he's never going to be in this podcast now.
1: <laughs> no, I, I honestly, I feel like a dick. Because <laughs> I've wrestled the fucking guy and I just can't remember his name.
0: Oh. Uh, it's it's like on the I'm table. My friends of them on Facebook.
1: What the fuck? It's is, not on mine.
0: He's, oh, he's what? The, uh, cousin Jake? Something's cut. Was he's cousin Jake? Which I remember seeing an impact clip recently. Going, what the fuck is Jake something doing an impact? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: Cody Deaner It starts with a D. Cody Deaner Cody Deaner, Yes, <laughs> absolutely. So yeah, it was Cody Deaner And so going into the show, I knew that I wasn't going to be back. So I was checked out mentally. I was checked out physically. I had already made plans to go to Dynasty. Obviously, the IYF promoters didn't know that or else um, uh, one of them would have actually put a hit out on me, uh, probably with Diener or Vineyard because he was that kind of promoter. Uh, and that's another reason why I did want to get out of, of that company as well is, uh, due to the, uh, the tactics of, of that locker room was not very, uh, pleasant. I should know because, uh, he did also ask me to put a head out, you know, yeah, ask me to hurt somebody in the ring too. Um, obviously I wouldn't. Um, I was snug, sure, but I, I would never actually put somebody's life in danger. No, um, no, you can't do that. But so. I I knew that that was a a corrosive locker room and it was not a good place to be. So we'd already we'd already discussed with Chris Envy like a month or two beforehand that we were going to do this T.I. angle like truly independent. And we were basically going to be like the new NWO. Um, Leading into that, you know, uh, we ended up doing that angle about five months in. Uh, Chris Envy decided he didn't like the way it was going, so he scrapped the entire thing and had Mike King beat us with a kendo stick, and all of a sudden we're just not there anymore. That was pleasant. Uh, that was kind of the the final signal that we knew truly independent wrestling needed to happen. So uh, we basically took an offset of the, uh, the the faction name, because there was like fucking 13 of us. Yep. <laughs> go figure. Um which yeah i guess that was like the the entire nwo span packed in about 6 months you know but essentially that that's that's really was was like the last call um and it was like the day after one of like the, the last show that lance was on with my my brother he ended up in, in a match as well and he had just had enough so he's like all right we're going to my brother already had a ring too, so that was that was kinda nice. Like uh the ring was already purchased. Like IYFW was actually using our uh our ring for uh the last couple of years. So they had to go back to their uh their less than stellar ring. Um
0: I remember that ring. Uh, their
1: old one. Yeah, the is. the one that almost killed Tommy Brewington.
0: That was I, I, I remember, right? Didn't they get that ring off of somebody who fucking knew Ox Baker or some shit? Like it was a super old fucking ring.
1: It was like the the fucking beams were wood, which yeah. which'll tell you how old that ring actually is. Um. But yeah, it was it, it wasn't a safe ring. It it actually like, Tom, Tommy still thinks that it's probably what ended his wrestling career, because um, like he said, he never felt right after you know the ropes broke on him. Real. So. But I digress. that that's uh, to to make an ex- exaggeratedly long story short. Um, that, that's, that's really like, uh, we, we, we didn't care how much work it was going to take to get TIW up and running. We were going to do it and we were going to, uh, to make it happen. Uh, Lance, you know, as, as a local boy, he said, uh, Pittsfield was a, a, a city for wrestling because like, uh, he, he, he knew there was, there was always going to be a draw there. And so for the first six months, we were running out of this church with a maximum capacity. I think it was like supposed to be 90, The first show we packed in 120, um, fucking standing room only. So that was kind of cool. We, we knew we had something from there on out. Um, and then each show, I think our last show, which was, uh, the one I wrestled Marty Martinez on, or uh, Martin Pissaus, I guess I should say is his real name. Uh, and we had 150 people in there. Like there were, there were fans in the fucking hallway watching, like just because they couldn't fit in the room. And from there, we'd already gotten our venue uh, at the mall, which was like five times the space. So we we'd already known like it was it was such an improvement, especially because we were going to be able to leave the the ring up there uh, full time. And that's that's when my brother started the school,
0: which obviously has produced tons of people. I had no idea came from your brother. <laughs> yep. So uh, I yep. feel like you're. A... So
1: uh, l- let me let me do some quick shout outs if you don't mind yeah, uh, okay. for for each of the students here. Uh, so, uh, the first students being, uh, Guy Sedlowski, as I've said, uh, Danny Adam, uh, outsider Corbin Dane. Uh, those I believe were the first three graduates. Um, they're, they're all real good dudes. Um, big, big fan of those kids. Uh, then, uh, there was the Dillon street boys, which are, uh, Corey Bush, uh, Sean Miller and Brattlebrook Brett, if that's a fucking tongue twister. (laughs) Um, uh, there's Samuel and Lucy Bolt. Um, Samuel's also wrestled as price right in NY- NYCW, which is like a fucking car dealer gimmick. It's real funny. Um, but Samuel bolt also being a Frankenstein. So this man's like all about gimmicks anyway. And it, do- it does also help that he's like, he's like six foot three or six foot four. He's a big boy. Uh, um, and he, he fucking actually, uh, so yeah, you're friends with Richie, right? He yeah. fucking almost killed Richie on the last show. <laughs> I am, He's a fucking
0: rich. <laughs> I'm getting ready to watch that show as you say that. So now I'm, I'm hooked. <laughs>
1: Oh man, like he's he's a fucking beast. it, it is it, the match was a little awkward, but you know uh, that that's not really like a big deal. Um, uh, he, uh, Vakula, as well. He was the the most recent graduate. He technically just graduated this last uh, sh- this last show. Uh, they gave him his uh, diploma. Um, then there's Zayden Lynn. Um, let's see. Uh, Sweet Money Montgomery. I swear to God, if that dude tries he's going to make it somewhere. Like he's got everything. He has the it factor. He's got the talent. Uh, he's got the ego too. Like that, that's another big one. He's, he does have an ego. So as I've long as s- he doesn't let that get in his way, he's going to be good to go.
0: I've seen a few of his matches. I like him. I do.
1: Yeah. He's, he's real good. All
0: oh. right, man. So let's, uh, we're going s-
1: to oh. risk of go ahead.
0: No, no, no. You were, you were on a roll. <laughs>
1: No, I really wasn't because I was going to say at the risk of alienating one of my brother's students that I'm forgetting, let's move on.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, so I'm just going to speed it up with you here so that we can, uh, you know, try to try to get through this all and I can go up and sure. parent my children. <laughs> now Sorry, you, I talk a lot. It's okay, man. Now, earlier you mentioned that, you know, you were thinking about hanging it up, you know, it, you lost your smile in wrestling terminology. Mm-hmm. So, what was it that really made you think, you know what, this ain't over, this isn't close to over?
1: All right. I'll do my best to keep this as quick as possible for you. (laughs) Essentially, what had happened is I was nine months stale. Like, I had been wrestling consistently to the point that I was not having fun. uh, I was doing the same thing. I, I've been doing the same fucking gimmick for fucking almost nine years at this point, you know. And I'm I was sick of it, and I just didn't want to wrestle anymore. So, like, I flat out told my brother, I was like, "Listen, I'm I give you till June. After June, don't count on me ever showing up again." He's like, "All right, well, we'll we'll do we'll do what we can. We'll leave it open for you uh, in case you do want to come back." Um, and so that was kind of like how i had felt at first then i i kind of got excited i wanted, wanted to come back and we came up with this whole plan about me turning heel and doing all that shit retiring him and all that we'll, we'll get to that another time um and then so after after i retired him like it was immediately after i retired him i felt stale again i'm like listen i just i just got back like five months ago how do i already feel stale again i mind you i hadn't really changed anything up so i was just rehashing the same shit so that's why i felt stale but um it was kind of what what rejuvenated me first is uh, let me shout out danger kid um i don't know if you're familiar with the main state posse um but uh he, i he posted a status, love the main uh, state posse <laughs> yeah they're 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 fucking, awesome people uh oh, Limitless and I, is I, so good. I gotta thank danger kid more than anything because he made this status uh basically saying that uh like uh na- name your your biggest accomplishments and you know what you plan on going for and like i commented on it and i was like i've never really had any serious plan like i, ha- I had one plan uh and that was to have one match in roh and i think it was by my second year i knew it was never going to happen and i commented that and he's like well why why would you say that like you're already putting yourself at a, at a disadvantage and like i i, I sort of like we just sort of had a bit of a back and forth un, until like he was just like he just sort of agreed with me and we we moved on and that kind of started grinding you know my the gears in my head started grinding and i was like I, sh- I should have more goals like I-, I should have there should be something to this the, the there should be an end to justify the means right i shouldn't just be doing this for the sake of doing this like i have for the last 11 years so all of a sudden i was thinking well who who would i want to wrestle and what would i want to do and I, fi- I finally had come to a conclusion i was like all right so this is what we're going to do um I, I changed up a bit of my character. I, ch- I definitely changed, like, my entire fucking moves. Like, the only thing I do that is the, the same as, like, my finish. But I'm even probably going to be changing that uh, soon enough. And <laughs> I'm not going to get into the details, but I've actually got a really fun tag team uh, that's going to be coming out uh, in NYCW uh, very, very shortly um, once, once we get through the full virus thing. It is going to be a fucking trip. And it's going to be uh, a lot of fun, and I <laughs> I plan on taking this to more companies than just NYCW. So we'll we'll see what actually uh, comes of it. Uh, but so like that kind of got my my gears grinding, and then uh, I I uh, I was scheduled uh, on that following show to wrestle a uh, guy, Justin Case, um, in a a number one contenders match, and it was literally like fucking we get there. And everything fell in place. We were like, we, like, he's like, oh, dude, I'm not that creative, so you're gonna have to call a lot of the match. And it was like, okay, that, I mean, that's fine. And then I came up with one idea, and immediately after I came up with that idea, he's like, well, how about this? And I was like, ah, so you are coming up with things. So then, like, we, we actually started bouncing off one another, one another, and like we we built a match that we could be proud of. Like, obviously, it wasn't like a, a fucking. I, I don't I don't have those five star matches and that's fine. I, I've come to terms that I'm never going to be that guy. But we had a match that made sense. We had a match that told a story. We had a hard hitting you know back and forth, and it got him over as a badass you know because obviously he's the number one contender in Tiw now. Uh, he put me uh, he put me down with three super kicks. Um, spoiler alert: You're about to watch that show. Fuck. Um, but. <laughs> uh but the the fact that like all of a sudden i had somebody who was willing to let me not call the whole match because that's what i've been doing is like uh in tiw for the last year or so i've been wrestling mostly students like uh to help them get ready you know so they they can get that experience so like I've been calling the entire matches for for a lot of the a lot of the matches that I've been doing, and I think that was another thing that got me stale was I just ran out of creativity. You know, I ran out of the juice because I'd put it all into into a year's worth of wrestling.
0: Yeah, that that totally makes sense. So what, what's the goals? But, what's, um, the, what's the goals for 2020 and 2021? <laughs> since who knows when you're getting back in the ring?
1: All right, <laughs> all right. Let's let's go ahead and go over a couple of these uh, these goals. Um, so, <laughs> it's funny that you you mentioned uh, one of them, and I'm going to save him uh, for last. Uh, but the first one is I need to have a match with Oswald Project. Um, I've I've known that kid uh, for a few years now, but before he you know got onto the indie scene, you know, and he, he wrestled for Pizza Party, and now he's just like the biggest thing, like uh, that that nobody actually knows about, um, and he's he's just so great and he's such a like a, he's such a good kid uh, if your
0: brother will not book, I, oh sorry all i'm saying is if your brother won't if your brother won't book oswald project i will hit him in the fucking dick with a bowling pin because
1: <laughs> that needs to happen he's <laughs> yeah uh, oswald project is literally he's a show himself like he with with wrestling aside you should just watch what this kid can do and uh, for, for those of you who are listening who haven't seen Oswald Project Wrestle, I'm not going to tell you what he can do. It is your job to find out yep. because you will not be let down.
0: He was covered uh, when I talked to Dan from Pizza Party. It's, he's a name, man. You got to look out for him. Yeah. All right. Who else you got?
1: <laughs> uh, so my next uh, my next two that I'm actually going to go through aren't dream matches per se, but there are plans I intend to do within the next year so the next one being I do intend on doing the drives with the stepdads Um, I I fucking love those guys Uh, they get around they obviously wrestle at plenty of places Uh, so my intentions are I'm going to go ahead I'm going to make my way out to New Jersey where they live and I'm going to travel with them until I get a booking so like I'm going to go I'm going to help out You know, I'm going to do what I can Uh, and if they have a spot for me great if they don't that's fine too Uh, until I get that booking, I I will feel like I've done more. You know, I've already made a success out of it.
0: We got to bring the Manifest Destiny gimmick to Pizza Party.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I would love to work at Pizza Party, but I don't want to, like, use the fact that I've known Dan for a few years. As like a selling point to get in, like I would only ever want to come in the pizza party if you wanted me there, and I don't want to just be like, "Hey, we're butts," you know, bring me in, right? Because you know? that's that's not the right thing to do. And secondly, like that's kind of a little bit of a downfall for, for me is I don't know if I would necessarily get over that well in pizza party anyway. So it's
0: I don't think you give yourself enough. It's
1: kind of like uh, I, I feel like. Uh, I mean, I appreciate the compliment, but, like, I'm – I feel like Pizza party's on another level. And, like, the fact that they've been around for only a year and they're already, you know, making fucking waves, I wouldn't just want to use the fact that he's making waves to get in there.
0: I, like, I'd actually that.
1: want him to want yeah. me before I would ever go there.
0: All right. Fair enough. All right. So what's I wouldn't
1: up? just – yeah. yeah. I, I just wouldn't want to be, like – all right. Yeah. So um, anyways. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's that's kind of like what I want to do is like, you know, travel with the dads. All right. What's uh, up after what that? Because uh, like even even if I don't get booked, like I'm going to have a blast fucking hanging out with those guys. Oh, yeah. Totally. They're, they're hilarious. Uh, but anyways, yeah, we'll move on from that one uh, within the next year or maybe two. Who knows? I do plan on winning a world title in one company. I don't care where it is, but it will happen. And I, I I will mark my words on that. It it will happen.
0: All right, man. I'm totally in I I, in
1: I a, want a, I want I want a company to be able to have that trust in me that I can carry the main.
0: Yeah, man. I and I'm I'm supporting you the whole way. You deserve it. No one no there's a I lot of, there's that. a lot of people, you know, obviously that I've known through wrestling, but you're a dude who I feel has put in more than than's needed to be at that point. You've you've been through a lot.
1: Yeah. And that's kind of another thing is like, uh, I've never really politicked for myself. Um, which is kind of, I feel like why I've never made it out of the mid card in any company is like, I don't actually, I don't try to, to put forth that effort. I, I want to be a company man, but in, in this two year span, you know, plan that I kind of have is, I'm gonna start politicking for myself you know like I wanna I, I if if it's what I need to do to succeed I'm gonna do it because that like I said it will happen I'm yeah, man. A title there's no question about it
0: All right. and what was the last one you um, said I mentioned
1: and him. the last one here oh yeah, yeah, so my last one and I've already discussed this with somebody uh is I do plan on wrestling Danhausen oh, oh
0: there we go. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Like, the fucking. Because for those of you that don't know hey, hey, me you, as a wrestler, you can't,
0: like, you can't say like fucking fuck when Danhausen's around.
1: I'm a raving frothy cat. Like <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, exactly. No swearing. <laughs> no, no swearing. <laughs> but, like, this dude is just. Much like my, my initial dream match with Marty, which, like, like I said, I, I had already had. Um. I feel like this is sort of like a branch off that is like, I almost want my, a, my culmination of my career to have wrestled the craziest people in professional wrestling in, in terms of like, not dumb things you're willing to do, but like s- psychology wise, you know, yeah. like uh, gimmick wise, like if, if they're a madman, I want to wrestle as a madman with a madman and just see how weird the match can get. Cause that, that's, that's really like the culmination, man is like, if I can, <laughs> did you watch my match with Marty?
0: I don't know if I did or didn't. It's been a long couple days
1: it's it's a fucking trip because like he was he was doing his moth gimmick you yeah. know from underground where he was like he was crazy so that that's what we did like we we went out there and we did like a crazy match like where we're just like fucking weird we, we tried to out weird one another basically yeah so i would definitely recommend you know checking that one out if you ever get a chance um that was at uh, end of the road 2017 um that was the last show that we did in that church uh that we packed the fucking house full um but, anyways, yeah, I, I feel like I, I have so many ideas. If, if I were to get in a ring with Danhausen, Housen, so, some of the things that would happen in this match would not be for everyone, of course, but uh, I feel like it would be for the right people.
0: Yeah, as long as you have a fine appreciation for teeth.
1: Oh, dude. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Oh my god, that, that's that's probably like my favorite spot he does is, is the it's teeth. So
0: fucked up. Oh, like who the it's... fuck brings teeth? <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, man. Look, <laughs> I've had so much fun talking to you. I'm I'm so glad that you did this, and I, I'm gonna have you back on tons of times, and to do tons of other dumb shit with me because I love you. Uh, again, you Damon, wait, man, Damon Ravage. Uh, base, mainly out of uh truly independent wrestling, Pittsfield, Massachusetts you know, giving giving Western Massachusetts, you know their indie, their niche in a state that has a ton of great promotions, they're just as good and one awesome thing for anyone listening here is I like, guess what, the shows are for fucking free on YouTube, so you don't have a fucking excuse of why you can't watch them, get your broke ass on there and watch these fucking shows
1: <laughs> absolutely like they're, they're all there too. Like uh, fucking the last show we had's already on YouTube. It's live. You can go, you watch it. You can watch our entire fucking discography right on our uh, YouTube, truly independent wrestling. That's all you got to look up. Um, other than that. Yeah. Like uh, it's, it's been a blast. Thanks for having me, Jake. I really appreciate it. And yeah, I, I do look forward to doing this again in, in the near future here.
0: All right, man. Um,
1: just let me know a time. All right.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much. All right, man. I love you. Bye.
1: Love you too, my boy. Peace out.
0: All right everybody, I thank you for sticking around. And uh and hopefully you listen to this, enjoy it. I obviously have a ton more coming in the next couple of days, but that couldn't have started any better. Again, thanks to Damon Ravage. He's the man, he's my boy, and he's a dude who is one of those guys who's been around forever but doesn't get the credit that's deserved. If by any chance anyone is listening to this that is a promoter uh that could could do anything for this guy, because he's the man, and I know he probably wouldn't have wanted me to say this if I still had him on, because he is, he's just, he's just a guy who's very humble, but but seriously, he's a guy whose heart and soul is into this, and he fucking, he loves it all, so, I, 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 go watch his matches, seriously, Truly Independent Wrestling on YouTube. And, and check them out, and check out the whole promotion, because literally, I'm having, like, five or six more people from this promotion, including one of the owners, in these next 13 days, so, again, thank you all so much for listening, and I'm gonna talk to you tomorrow, literally, bye, everybody, from this creepy-ass fucking cold fucking basement.